What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You listen to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's show, I want to talk about a bad weekend in Minneapolis. Then I want to rank the Blazers' three young prospects. A couple of listeners have asked about Gary Trent Jr., Nazir Little, and Anthony Simons and how their present informs the Blazers' future. So we'll talk about them. How I, how I feel about them and how I feel about them going forward in the second segment. Then I want to close the show with what is becoming a very regular health update as we continue to wait on the returns. So we'll close out the show with some news updates on those two gentlemen and their current timelines for returning to the court. But first, let's start with the basketball games the Blazers played over the weekend since I last spoke to you in this space. The Blazers went to Minnesota beautiful downtown Minneapolis, played back-to-back games at the Target Center against the team with the worst record in the NBA, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They won on Saturday night and lost on Sunday night. Neither were particularly inspiring. The win is fine. Win ugly, who cares? The loss was troubling. Lose ugly also, who cares? Wait, we all care. We're all extremely upset. Uh, I don't want to use the space to freak out over one game. I do think it's undeniable that the Blazers lost a game they absolutely should have won and looked bad. Like those are the those are the absolute undeniable facts. Uh, I don't want to sugarcoat this one. Like this was a game where they they just could not stop a a, a middle of the road. I mean they're a little better with Carl Anthony Towns and he hasn't played so much that it kind of their overall net rating isn't really isn't really the best thing to point out. But a middle of the road to bad offensive team and they couldn't generate enough points to beat the one of the worst defensive teams in the league the offense wasn't great for the Blazers like they just missed a bunch of shots like it's hard for them it's hard for them to win when Cantor isn't good and Cantor wasn't good in this game Cantor's a bad matchup for Towns uh uh on on Saturday night's win uh Towns lit Cantor up in the third quarter and basically from that point forward Terry Stott said nope no way that matchup's going to happen. And he put Robert Covington on Towns. And for the most part, it was fine. Like Towns wasn't a really, he was, he was a big part of the offense in this one. They ran a bunch of stuff through him and he commanded double teams and his, what he does, you know, is he's the fulcrum of the offense still for sure, but he didn't have a big scoring night in this game. Uh, I don't think that was because Covington shut him down, but Covington was definitely a better matchup for him than Cantor. Blazers, you know, it's, it's tough for them. Like Derek Jones Jr. and Ennis Cantor combined for four points. Jones went scoreless and Cantor had four. Like they're just, they're just not built for that, but they're not built for that because their defense sucks. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to excuse that away and say, oh, this is just like a case of a bad shooting night. The reason that they won on Saturday night is because Carmelo Anthony went went nuts. And when he goes nuts, that's that allows the other guys to kind of, you know, Dame is going to get, is, Dame's going to do what he does. So uh, when you get 26 from Carmelo off the bench like they did Saturday night and, and Cantor who had a really, really strong first quarter and finished with 20 and 11 in that Saturday night win, like you can, you now you're now you're surviving. Now you're making it happen. But they're they just didn't have enough ancillary scoring. They didn't have enough of the other guys. Uh, you know, beyond Gary Trent Jr. Covington had a nice game, uh, but not a good Carmelo game in terms of just like efficiency. He was not he, he two for eight from three, and it felt like it. And um, you know, like I said, the offense isn't the reason why they lost, but it. They're as they're currently constructed, they have to have a good offensive game to win. Like they just and like even better than that, they probably have to be like a really elite offense. They need a bunch of guys to help them out. And they didn't have that. Um, and I think that was kind of uh that was 
unlucky, but also I don't think they they helped Dame enough. I don't think he got, uh, particularly in the first half, they didn't just generate enough easy looks for Dame. They let, they let Josh Okogie's pressure kind of take Dame out of um, out of what he wanted to do, and and, and they've got to figure out ways to, to help him out. I mean, some of that is is just their continued lack of another creator on, on the roster. Uh, they tried to let Rodney do it. Um, but but they just they don't have another guy who can free who can free up Dame. They try to run some offense through Melo, and that worked a little bit. But when Melo wasn't hitting shots like he was on Saturday night, it makes running stuff through him a little bit harder. But the Blazers lost this game because they fouled too damn much. Gave up thirty nine free throws. Minnesota hit twenty nine of them, and, and and that was that. Even before the sort of the foul game they played at the end, Minnesota was going to be going to be taking more north of thirty free throws. That's too many. That's the sign of a bad defense. I don't think this was a like the Blazers were unlucky at the end of this game with some reviews. I think both the reviews were the right calls. They just they went the Blazers. They went against the Blazers. Um, it happens, but uh, they. The sign of a bad defense is just fouling at dumb time, dumb dumb moments, fouling when you're in the penalty, committing reach in fouls because you get beat off the dribble, stuff like that. Like I think the Blazers just weren't weren't good at keeping people in front of them, and the T Wolves also just made a bunch of threes that, um, particularly in the second half, they just they had they made shots, and like it is a make or miss league. It's not the reason the Blazers didn't lose to a hot shooting team, you know, like the the it ended up evening out for the T-Wolves and they only ended up shooting about 34% from the from three point line but they made some timely ones Anthony Edwards was great in this game um he made two really, really difficult threes late in this game. Uh, one wide open one that Carmelo Anthony gave him at the top of the key but two others after that that are really hard and if he hits threes they're going to be hard to beat but again they didn't lose because of lucky shooting and they didn't lose because of these things they lost because they quit they cannot defend if you need 125 to win against the 8 and 30 Minnesota Timberwolves you're just this you're you're in trouble. So I don't think this is like this sort of damning game that says like fire everyone blow it up, but the the kind of things I've been pointing to is like the Blazers don't profile as a good team. They have a bottom 3 defense and they have a negative point differential. It's because they just their margin for error is so slim. They need to be absolutely excellent on offense. They need to get they need to have some shooting luck on defense and at the end of the game, there was no magic here. They've stolen a lot of these games, and I almost thought they were going to steal this one too, but they didn't. And this is why I was talking about them not profiling as a good team. Like Their their statistical profile looks like a team that should lose more games like this, and this was the one that caught up to them. Like They, they could have had this in New Orleans. They could have had this against OKC. Uh, they just they stole some games. They could have had this in Chicago, where you're like, that's not a good, that's not a very good team you just lost to. But... It's catching up with them here because in a lot of ways, like point differential doesn't lie. It suggests if you're a good team or not. And right now the Blazers is bad because they don't, they're not really a good team. I'm not going to bury them over it. Like I've done seven minutes just calling them a bad team and I'll I'll leave it at that. They don't look like a good team right now. They could use some help. They need, they still need size. They still need another creator. They have two roster spots. They refuse to use to upgrade this team for at least in the short term. Maybe they'll eventually add the 15th roster spot, but if they don't, it's a damning thing on the front office to not try to upgrade because you know what would help more options like Maybe that singular player wouldn't help, but another option to throw in there, another tall person to give Cantor a chance and not have Covington have to guard town so much. Uh, it's, you know, what would help like any other professional basketball player that can dribble the ball towards the rim with like minor competence. 
it would help. I mean, even if they can't shoot, just someone who can, who can, there's got to be someone who can dribble towards the rim with purpose and look to pass in, in available to play, uh, to sign a two way con- or a 10 day contract to find out if for two weeks that they're worth it. Like, come on. Uh, this, this was bad losses happened in the NBA. The jazz lost tonight. They got punked. Uh, the, uh, the Clippers got smoked today. Uh, they um, to a, to and they lost to the Pelicans, who just beat the who just lost to these T Wolves, right? Like it's um, it's all cyclical. This stuff happens, but this the trends were pointing to the Blazers being fragile. And on this weekend in Minnesota, they looked fragile. It is hard to beat a team twice in these back to back settings because they can adjust all the little things that you kind of can get away with it, or in your like sort of pet plays and little tricks they're gonna know and they're gonna know immediately and it um you you just i think i think in general these games are gonna be hard to win i bet throughout the course of the season that we'll see that these games tend towards splits but the blazers didn't lose because of like weird schedule luck they didn't lose because of bad refereeing they didn't lose because of hot shooting they lost because they can't play defense right now and their offense needs to be perfect for them to win and their offense wasn't good that's why they lost in the grand scheme, I think we will not really remember this and say like it was proof that the Blazers stink. Like the proof that the Blazers stink is in the, is in the numbers way before this Minnesota game. This was just this was just their sort of um, this was it catching up with them. It caught up with them tonight. Uh, they uh, and they damn near won the game in the end. Uh, it's probably their worst loss of the season, but. To me, this felt more like, yeah, I mean, of, of course they were going to have one of these. Like, of course they were going to, of course they were going to lose one of these games in Minnesota because they're just, they just haven't been playing that well and they don't look that good and they didn't look good Saturday night and they stole one. Of course they're going to lose Sunday. So, um, I could see why if you were very upset and, and you've got your pitchfork ready, I'm not, um, I mean, I'm going to try to de-escalate and, and, and have there be less violence in the world. But in general, I, this is an okay game for you to be say like, wow, 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 that's a bad loss because it definitely is. But uh, from this one particular podcast studio, I say, yeah, I mean, duh, they haven't looked good. Let's, they need to, they need to kind of find their rhythm again. Uh, they, uh, this is kind of what they've been since, since the break restarted in these three games is, is exactly the result you got on Sunday night. All right, let's talk about other stuff, though. In the second segment, I want to talk about the Blazers' three young guys, Anthony Simons, Nazir Little, and Gary Trent Jr. Got a couple questions about them, and instead of waiting for the mailbag, let's just address them here because I think over the weekend we saw some stuff from each of those guys that will make it for an interesting discussion. So we'll rank those three players in terms of where they are now and where I think they'll be in the future in the second segment. But before I get there, I want to tell you all about Headspace. Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep, focus, and be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. Overwhelmed? Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has a wind-down session that their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Plus, Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easier for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. 
You deserve to feel happier and Headspace is the meditation is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash locked on NBA. That's headspace.com slash locked on NBA for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditation for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. So go to headspace.com slash locked on NBA. Today's show is also brought to you by betonline.ag. You know bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. We've got a whole bunch of NBA games here for the next two months. It's, it's, the NCAA tournament starts this week, Wednesday morning, or Thursday morning, rather, excuse me. So that'll be a ton of fun. NHL games every night. So head over to betonline.ag where they've got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Got you covered for all the news and scores that you could possibly need. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. So head on over to their website, betonline.ag. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's betonline.ag. The promo code is locked on, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right. So we talked about the Blazers' bad weekend in Minneapolis. Uh, not a particularly compelling weekend of basketball or inspiring weekend of basketball, but when you lose, you always feel like, you know, it always feels like you'll never win again. And when you win, it's it's amazing that you've ever lost in the first place. Blazers, you know, played the Pelicans this week. You win on Tuesday night. It feels like uh, all your ales are cured. And if they lose, you know, you know where to find the reaction to that type of game. It's in this very podcast. What we want to do in this segment is I want to answer some questions that have been posed to me via email by listener Tim and via Twitter by listener Scott, basically asking uh, about the futures and presence of Amphrey Simons, Nazir Little, and Gary Trent Jr., the Blazers' three young prospects. Uh, I think it's it's a good time to revisit this because Nazir Little is, is entrenched part of the rotation. We're going to see him every night. Uh, I even think... I'm not 100% sure about this because Terry Stotts really does love him some Rodney Hood, but I, I do think that Nas will continue to play even when CJ is back in the lineup. I think he's just, he's too, I would hope he continues he, he continues to play. If Terry doesn't, um, it would be a mistake. But since we do see those guys each night, uh, it, it's it's no surprise that several listeners have been asking about him. Tim asks, fast forward five plus years, do you see Anthony Simons, Gary Trent Jr., and Nazir Little in the starting lineup? These three look like they could compete at a decent NBA level for the Blazers in the post-Dame era. So I think it's always, always no, like with long-term guys like sticking around. If you look back five years, like which Blazers were on the roster five years ago, well, one of them was LaMarcus Aldridge. Actually, he had just left in 2016, but it's it's... Uh, it's not yet Yusuf Nurkic. It's only Damon CJ. Like the chances that anyone stays on any NBA roster for five plus years is very, 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 very unlikely, particularly when Gary and Ant play on a team that has two guards that are signed through the next, through 2024. Like this is, this is, they're going to be, it's going to be a crowded backcourt and and are there a lot of signs right now that say lock into these four and move forward with them? To me, I don't really see that. So no, I do not see them as I do not see them as getting the mantle passed to them. That doesn't mean that they won't re-sign with the Blazers, but I don't see them as um, as sort of like clear 
the clear heirs to the throne by any means. In fact, I don't see any of these three, three guys, throw Nazir Little in, in there too, as like having a path towards being uh, stars in the league. Uh, I think they can all be contributors. I think they all kind of look like NBA players, like long-term, long-term contributors in the league, but I don't think any of them have a path towards stardom. It doesn't mean they won't be good. It just means that they probably won't be all-stars. It's pretty hard to make an all-star team. Ask Michael Conley. Hell, ask uh, Shea Jills Alexander. He looks like a star and hasn't made an all-star team yet. Uh, it's it. A lot of a lot of what makes a guy a star is ability to create your own shot at at a bunch of different levels. And while Nazir Little might have shown the ability to to get to the rim, straight line drive, some really fun sort of if you let him get going and he can get downhill and doesn't have to change direction and all these things, like he can cram on you. Like he's more athletic than you are. He'll dunk on four dudes like he did Saturday night in Minneapolis. Gary Trent Jr. can get off threes. He can get off some step back threes, but he's not an elite shot creator. And Anthony Simons, while he seems to have the tools to do that, has not yet developed that. He can manipulate around screens or around pick and rolls to get his own jumper, but he doesn't really score he can't really get into the paint yet um he doesn't manipulate defenses in a ways to sort of like get different types of shots he if you if you screw up he'll sidestep and splash a three in your face like he's 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 really good at that but he doesn't do a lot else so the question so tim that's my answer to your question is no i don't see them as um as five plus years from now i, I would bet zero of them are on the roster uh, maybe ant because he, he's neil's guy but uh in general no i don't i don't think um I think it's unlikely just because of the way the NBA works. The other question comes from Scott, who basically asks, like, rank these guys now. And so I'm going to rank them now and, like, as sort of prospects into the future. Because Scott's question wasn't, like, who's the best player right now? It's who is the best prospect right now? And I think that's uh, the sort of more interesting approach. Uh, I think it's still Gary Trent Jr. And I think he's still the top of the list because I believe in sort of, like, the challenge of volume. And uh, Gary Trent Jr. has had more volume heaped on him. He's playing more minutes. He's been asked to do more. And he his production has kind of scaled with the higher volume. We haven't seen that from Nas and we haven't seen that from Ant Simons. So I can't say, you know, we, we actually have seen Ant get a bunch of volume and not be be really inefficient. Like he wasn't capable of of like soaking up more possessions and, and, and being, um, you know, and being asked to take on a larger role. He, he looks like he's not quite prepared for that just yet. So it's it's still Gary Trent Jr. Although there are a lot, his defense has looked really bad this year, both just... Um, personnel stuff he, he twice went under screens on on Jalen Noel of of the Timberwolves on Sunday night and and the dude was he'd already hit two threes in the game and he splashed two more when Gary went under the screens like what it's that's just you just can't you can't do that like you just you can't go under on a shooter you got to chase them over the top this is just that's just sort of like obvious um eye-catching gaffes on defense advanced numbers think Advanced numbers suggest Gary Trent Jr. is a really, really bad defensive player this year. Really, really bad. Uh, which I don't think totally meets the eye test, but if I can see him screw up a little bit and the numbers say he's been really bad, I kind of think he, he's just not a good defender at, in the moment. Uh, that doesn't mean he can't get back there. Like, he's he's interested in playing defense and he plays hard. He's just, um, he's maybe been miscast as a defensive stopper and what he's more of is 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 a, an elite offensive player or a really good offensive player. And he's he's been that. Like, even shooting slump aside he he got uh he had a nice game a nice shooting game again tonight um but 
he's to me he's proven that he can take on more minutes he can he can take on more volume and he can still be like a pretty high, pretty productive bas- basketball player like he still looks like he could be like a low level starter or a really good really good you know top 7 contributor on basically any team in the league like he could play he could play he's still my sort of long term choice i think Nazir little has leapfrogged anthony simons for me uh ant not a good defensive player and just not a point guard does not have playmaking in- instincts uh he has looked a little better getting downhill seems like that's something he's he's worked Worked on, um, but I'm I'm talking like you know t- two drives a game where you're like all right and way to attack the rim. We still don't see the sort of functional athleticism come come in come into play. And another question Aster pointed this out, and I think it's correct. Anthony isn't strong enough to attack the rim in the league yet. Like one of the big things about uh, Damian Lord is that he's incredibly good at slowing down and to slow down on an attack to say fast and then slow and, and get a guy into your body and, and move at your pace. You just have to be so strong in your lower body, your core and your legs. You just got to be so strong to do that. Um, and Ant isn't there yet. Like he needs to physically mature and get there because he's just not strong enough to attack the rim at this level. Uh, so I think Ant is third in the list and, and that would put Nas in the middle. And I, you know, the, the shooting is kind of coming back to earth for Nas. Like he was shooting, you know, 67% on catch and shoot threes. And that's, that's going down. He had a couple, couple wide open misses against Minnesota on Sunday. That happens. That that's regression because he wasn't going to make two thirds of his wide open shots forever or catch and shoot shots forever. He was eventually going to come back down. But if he can shoot, and it looks like he can he could shoot pretty well, um, it's definitely a very small sample size. And why he's not ahead of Gary for me? One, um, I don't. I'm one. I, I see the defensive gaffes from uh, Nas a little bit, and Gary has Gary just has pro- has a proven track record of being a better basketball player. So I'm not I'm not jumping Nas ahead of him just yet. But Nas's athleticism he he gets lost on defense still, but he has he has the tools to be a good defender in the future as he continues to figure out how to defend at a high level. He just hasn't played that much NBA basketball, so expecting him to be good on defense is a little bit silly. Uh, but he can he can get to the rim he can get downhill kind of just like it in, in college like if you give him a straight line drive he is going to punish you he doesn't have a ton of wiggle but he do, he can't shoot now and that means he can attack a closeout and that has what has really changed for him is that it's not like he's you know three dribble moves sidestepping into the paint sees a defender and adjusting it's that he can because he has the threat to shoot he can now leverage his high level athleticism to say oops just raise his eyebrows a little bit get past you and finish um with authority like he's a really really high level athlete um i think he could be you know i've always thought he could be a long-term contributor even on draft night you know i said he's a long way away from being a contributor but i do think he's a long-term nba player i still think that like i think um He's not going to be an all-star, but he can really play, and he has a lot of a lot of tools. I would like to see him get some more minutes. When the Blazers are healthy, that's that's when I really want to start um, digging into sort of how the players fit together. Because if you, once you have CJ's um, ability back on the court, it makes how you use Nas that much more important, and he deserved to play because he's been really good. That's how I'd rank them as prospects: still Gary, Nas, and then Ant. Uh, I don't think Ant's bad by any means. I think I'm pretty harsh to him on this podcast, quite frankly. But I don't think he's bad. I just don't. Um, I just see him as like a, a kind of like a third guard for his career for right now. He's super young. He hasn't played a bunch, but he just he's been given a lot of chances, and he still struggles at some things that you would hope that he had developed. It's hard to learn how to play point guard in the league, so I'm not surprised that he's behind, but the Blazers kind of thought he would be further ahead than he is, and he isn't. So to me, if their development timeline was kind of sped up for him and he hasn't met it, I would assume that he's not meeting their expectations as well, uh, and they have much better sense of this than I do just from you know watching on TV and in the arena the last couple seasons. 
So those are my rankings of the Blazers prospects. In the third segment, I want to talk about guys who are not on the court. I uh, mentioned CJ McCollum in this segment. Uh, we got some updates on Yusuf Nurkic, who's had a minor setback, or a setback, I should say. Uh, we'll talk, we'll we'll do our sort of twice weekly health update on Nurk and CJ when we get back in the third segment. But before we get there, we got to talk about Built Bar. I've been telling y'all about Built Bar for what feels like forever, and it's still the same thing. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market. It's Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. All their flavors are amazing and covered in 100% real chocolate. But now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. That's right. We've got a new matchup for you today. The first one is Toffee Almond versus Mint Brownie. And then the second match of the day, we got Peanut Butter versus Cocoa Puff. That second one's easy for me. Peanut Butter is one of my preferred flavors from, of Built Bar. So I would, I'm picking Peanut Butter to advance into the Elite Eight. The other matchup is a little bit harder for me. My beloved banana nut bread lost in the first round of Toffee Almond. So Toffee Almond comes in hot. I like Toffee Almond, but it's, it's not close. For me, that was a pretty big upset. But uh, the, Toffee Almond's facing Mint Brownie. That's that's a, that's another to- toss-up for me. I'll probably go Toffee Almond. Uh, just, just, but it's, it's, it's close. But that's my pick. If you want to get in on your picks, there's two ways to do it. You can go to builtbar.com or you can follow them on Twitter. Hit them up on Twitter at, bi- at bar underscore built on Twitter. And remember that you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. And make sure you check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Still a pass for his point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You'll still listen to Locked on Blazers. Talks about bad weekend in Minneapolis. Talk about the Blazers' three young prospects, how I would rank them, thoughts on how they're playing right now, and what I think of them as prospects in the future. And now let's talk about the Blazers' health update. I feel like we're doing this too much. I'm ready for guys to be healthy and playing basketball as opposed to talking about when they might be playing basketball again. But over the weekend, the Blazers had a practice and Terry Stotts revealed that Yusuf Nurkic is still is or had a setback and is and was limited in practice because he is dealing with a calf that's bothering him is how Terry Stotts described it in the video conference call with reporters uh Nurk had been limited like he had been riding the stationary bike and shooting um and 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 taking standstill jumpers but I think they were they were trying to ramp him up and it sounds like he has a calf issue and that he's he's it's a little bit of a setback and that he will be you know, it's now it's TBD. Like they didn't, there's no update. It's just like, he's got a new thing. Obviously we're waiting for him to come back from this, a fractured hand. A hand is not a calf. This seems to be, this is very clearly an unrelated injury, but it's a bummer. Like the Blazers need Nurk back They're, they're They don't have a, they don't have a future as being a good basketball team this season without him in the lineup. Uh, Cantor has been really good, but he's limited and he's a beast as a second unit player. You need Nurk back in the game. So bummer for Nurk, no update on, on timeline stuff, but I do think like Nurk's now with a, a wrist and now and uh and and with uh with a calf like now this kind of ramps the pressure on like when will the blazers add an upgrade to the front court when will they just sign a guy to a 10-day contract to help them be taller how can you rely on yusuf nurkic to come back when he's he's dealing with multiple injuries with a long injury history, how can you continue to operate this team and talk about being competitive without trying to be more competitive? 
it's either malpractice by the front office or che- or cheaping out by the ownership. There's no other way to spin it. The other way to spin it is some sort of like galaxy brain idea that having more guys in on the roster gives you more chances to get COVID and more chances to have a game not canceled because uh, you had eight healthy bodies and now you got to play a game you didn't otherwise want to play. That's effing garbage to me. If the Blazers want to be good, sign a tall person to help. How insulting. Yeah, I'm mad. Okay, I'm going to calm down and give you this next update. CJ McCollum says, told Jason Quick of The Athletic that he hopes to be back in this coming week. He didn't put a fine, he didn't put a, a date on it, but he said if he's a betting man, and he's noted the jokes, not allowed to bet on the game, but he would bet on him coming back this week. Blazers play Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday this coming week. So I think there's a chance that we'll see CJ back uh, on the uh, on the court. It's it, to me, it's not a. Um, I, I thought he was. Ran, I thought he was doing more. I guess when he was before he was cleared for contact. But I guess when he got cleared for contact, he was m- more cleared to like do actual basketball stuff. I probably misinterpreted the Blazers press release, and I apologize because I really thought he was going to be back next week. That's that's a bad job by me. Sorry, y'all. But uh, sounds like CJ is just kind of like ramping it up and see what his foot can take. Uh, he's because he wasn't able to be on it for six weeks and now he's trying to get back and like do basketball stuff it's hard to simulate basketball playing basketball so i think you know he um well i don't know if he'll be back on a minutes restriction i know that he will just like being away for that long makes it hard to play 35 36 minutes right out of the gates he might be able to he's a very good basketball player but uh that's that's a challenge but i I think that's good news. Like I think I think we've got legitimately good news of the Blazers that will have their second best player back this week. CJ helps so much. I've said this a bunch of times. I'll say it again here. Like he offers another creator, which helps the second unit not get so stagnant because they just don't have enough guys who can pass and handle. Or if they have one guy who can pass it and like get set stuff up, it's Rodney who can't really break the defense down. Um, he's kicking it into Mello and and. Anthony, who aren't you know natural passers, uh, it's he CJ just helps them so much, and he was playing at such a high level that I kind of think he can get back to that sort of distributor elite score level that he was at before. It when CJ's back, it allows Gary Trent Jr. to settle back into a role that fits him a little better. It allows Anthony, it allows to toggle what whether you go with Ant, whether you go with with Rodney Hood, it allows you to sort of. Um, it allows you to limit those those two guys' minutes and just go with whoever is playing well of the sort of Rodney Nazir Little Ant triumvirate and not have to play all of them or commit to all of them each night. You can kind of pick your spots or pick your matchups that work better. CG just helps so much. Like it, it, the basics is like having good players helps, right? Like having more good players is the best way to is the best way to be a good basketball team. I, I say this all the time. Like players play. Like it's a it's a talent league. The Blazers will be better with more talent. Uh, but but it also just settles like sort of the rest of their roster into roles that make more sense for them. I'm less heated about adding another creator. That's a hard skill to add. Offensive creator is the hardest skill to add. That's why you don't just you can't just go sign one because like even if you sign like a point guard table setter, that's not the same thing. Like taking the ball out of their hands is not like a guy who's willing to pass doesn't make the good other passers better. They kind of need someone who can get downhill, get to the rim, like put pressure on the defense offensively. But signing a tall person who can rebound, that's that seems easier to do. Like there are there are tall people who just played in the G League. Getting no frontline help when oft-injured Zach Collins is out, oft-injured Harry Giles is out, and oft-injured Yusuf Nurkic is out. Your guys who have a long history of injuries is baffling to me. Truly baffling. Truly, truly, truly baffling. But hey, 
At least CJ says he'll be back this week. That should help. We got Mailbag Monday. I'm going to record it tomorrow evening. Post it on Tuesdays like we do each week. It's our weekly mailbag show for new listeners. Uh, If you want to get involved, there's two ways to do that. Tweet at me at Mike G. Rich or send me an email. LockedOnBlazersPod at at email.com. LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com is the address. Mailbag shows are a ton of fun. Uh, Love to have you get involved. Look for that one in your feeds Tuesday mornings. Tell your friends about this podcast. Tell them they can get it wherever they already listen to podcasts. Just search Locked on Blazers. will be there waiting for you. Also, if if you can find it in your heart, I would I'd love to get a handful more of uh, five-star reviews on iTunes. It helps the show be more visible. Uh, it helps other people who are looking for Blazers uh, podcasts find it. So if, you, if you've got it in your heart, shoot me a five-star review on iTunes. I, I would I'd sincerely appreciate it. All right, Mailbag Monday's coming up soon. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.